Welcome to the Vertical Church Podcast. Now, here's Pastor Josh Butcher with today's message. So what does it mean, uh, kill the spider? What are we actually talking about? Well, it all begins in this story of a preacher in Panama. Uh, I read this story about a preacher in Panama who was holding a revival, a three-night revival. If you don't know what a revival is, a revival is a series of church services uh, that get people really excited. You do it every night, and people come excited about pursuing and chasing after Jesus and worshiping him, and it's just it's, it's, it's a great time of uh, focused, intentional effort in, in hearing from God. So this was a three-night revival, um, and on night one, The preacher gets up, he preaches, he gives the invitation, and this old lady in the back, she had been in the church for a couple of decades, Uh, she she makes her way to the front, and she says, uh, preacher, can you you pray for me? He says, absolutely, sister, I'll pray for you. What do you need prayer for? And she said, I need you to pray that the Lord cleans the cobwebs out of my life. And he says... Okay, I've never quite heard it put that way before, but absolutely. So he lays hands on her and he prays for her. Lord, we just pray that the cobwebs would be removed from the sister's life. In Jesus' name, amen, he sends her on her way. Night two, he preaches again. He gives the invitation again. Here she stands up. She walks forward, and she comes to him, and she says again, she says, could you please, please, pastor, please pray again that the Lord would just clean the cobwebs out of my life. And he says, well, we prayed that last night, and she says, I know, I know, I just, I just really, I really feel strongly that I need the Lord to clean the cobwebs out of my life. And he said, well, okay, and so he prays again, he says, Lord, I just pray that you give this sister the assurance, God, that you're cleaning the cobwebs out of her life, God, and, and, and do it in Jesus' name, and amen, and she goes on her way. Then night three comes. Night three, again, he preaches, he invites people, she comes up, and he's like, is she coming up again? third straight night. And sure enough, she says, uh, please, one last time, can you pray that the Lord cleans the cobwebs? And on that, he said, no, I will not. <laughs> Which is kind of, you know, crazy that the pastor says, no, I will not pray for you. He says, no, I will not pray that the Lord removes the cobwebs from your life. Tonight, we're going to pray that it kills the spider. <laughs> right? Like, like here, here's the thing, right? How much energy do we as Christians, those of you in the room who, who would call yourself a follower of Jesus, how much energy, how much Christian devotion and dedication do we spend on cleaning out the cobwebs in our life and yet leaving the spider alone that's producing the cobwebs. You see, it's important to clean out the cobwebs. Nobody likes to, nobody walks into a cobweb in their real life and just says, you know, takes a piece of paper and just lightly dabs it. Oh, I can't believe a cobweb. No, we don't do that. No, when you walk into a cobweb, it's like all arms are flailing and it's just, you know, so, so cleaning the cobwebs is important. But when it comes to our walk with Jesus, how much time do we spend on behavior modification? Just trying to get better. I just got to get better. I got to do better, do more, get right, clean up. And never once do we actually address the thing that's spinning the web in our life. We clean out the cobweb, but we don't kill the spider. And so in this series, what I want to do is I want to kill some spiders. So first thing we got to do is we got to define, like, okay, what are we talking about when we talk about spiders? And what is a spider? And here's what I mean when I say we've got to kill 
the spider. Here's what a spider is. Check this out on the screen uh, with me. A spider is a lie spoken over us that God never intended us to agree with. It's a lie spoken over our lives that God never intended that we would agree with. And it could be spoken by somebody in our past, a, a parent or a teacher or a coach. It might be something you're speaking over your own life that is not in agreement with God's perspective on who you are. So let me give you an example to illustrate the difference between cobwebs and spiders. So let me give you a common uh, cobweb example, social media addiction. Ain't nobody in this room struggles with social media addiction. We don't actually, like, of course, nobody in here deals with that, but it's a cobweb in our life. And here, here, here's why it's a cobweb, because you and I know that, that if, we, if we make that post and, and we don't get quite the number of likes that we had hoped we would and enough people don't comment on it, it does something to our day. Now, you don't struggle with that, obviously. Like maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm the only one who thinks, like, I wonder who's going to see this. I wonder who's going to like this. And then especially if they click the little heart, that makes you feel even better, right? And so what happens is, is social media addiction, however, it's just the cobweb. Because here's what will happen. Uh, we'll, we'll get real convicted and we'll say, you know what? I'm so tired of being depressed when I go on Facebook. And I'm so tired of being envious when I look on Instagram and everybody else's great life. I'm just going to sign off. For 30 days, then we sign off for 30 days. We clean out the cobweb, but we don't address the spider. So what's the spider? See, the cobweb is this addiction to, 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 to the, the fulfillment that we get from our social media feed. That's the cobweb. What the spider is is the spider. The spider is the lie that my worth and value is determined by someone else's assessment of me. I can clean out the cobweb. I don't have to get on Facebook ever, but the spider's still spinning different webs because I judge my worth and value based on other people's assessment of my life. See, that's the lie that we believe that spins the web that we get caught in. And so we clean out the cobweb, but we don't address the lie, and so the spider just spins a different web. And so in this series, I want to tackle the spider. I want to kill the spider. And we're going to talk about four big spiders in our lives. And the first one we're going to talk about this week is insecurity. Next week, we're going to talk about fear. We're going to talk about condemnation. We're going to talk about discouragement. So today, we're going to talk about the spider of insecurity. Uh, Brene Brown is an author. Uh, she's an author, a researcher. Uh, she calls herself a, um, a, 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 re a storyteller researcher, I think, in one of the TED Talks uh, that I've seen her, her do. Uh, she's this sociologist, social kind of uh, psychology person, and, um, and she, she's written all sorts of things, TED Talk, like just Google her, and you'll see all kinds of just good stuff, right? And she says this. She says, most of us are driven by a scarcity mindset. And, and here's what that looks like. Here, here, here's the underlying thought, the primary thing that most of us think about Throughout our day. Here it is. She, she says this. She says, I am never blank enough. This is the primary kind of thing that we have on repeat in our mind throughout our day. I am never blank enough. We did a whole series on this a couple years ago called I'm Not Blank Enough. And she says this is the essence of insecurity. 
I am never, and then, and then it's a blank because you fill it in with what you're not enough of. And I fill it in with what I'm enough of. And listen, we all confronted with a spider of insecurity throughout our lives. I'm confronted constantly with, here, here's, here's what my life looks like. Um, and I'm just going to be real and vulnerable with you because that's the only way I know how to preach. And so I'm going to let you into my psychosis. I'm never anointed enough. Those of you aren't like really church people or spiritual people, like you might not recognize that word. I, let me put it, let me give you a different word that's not so churchy. I'm never special enough. If I was anointed enough, the church would grow faster, but I'm never anointed enough. I'm never called enough. I'm never chosen enough. That's what I struggle with. That's my insecurity. What's yours? I'm never good enough. Is that, is that something that you tell yourself that's on repeat in your mind? I'm never, I'm never strong enough. I'm never pretty enough. I'm never, I'm never smart enough. I'm never skilled enough. I'm never confident enough. I'm never friendly enough. I'm never outspoken enough. What, what is it that you fill in the blank? What is it that you struggle with? Is it, is it body image? Is it work performance? Is it social status? You see, the spider of insecurity has a way of creeping into our life and telling us the lie. I am never blank enough. And notice this. The spider never speaks in second person. The spider doesn't say, you're never blank enough because you can argue with that. Yeah, I'm not. No, no, no. The spider, the spider internalizes the insecurity so that you're talking to yourself. I'm never good enough. I'm never strong enough. I'm never wise enough. I'm never disciplined enough. I can't, I can't keep a streak of 10 days reading my Bible and praying. I'm so not disciplined. I'm never Christian enough. We just have this on repeat in our in our minds, and the spider takes this lie and just begins weaving this, this web of insecurity and all kinds of different things in our lives. In fact, the Bible is full of people who battled this spider, who battled insecurity. And the person I want to look at today, his name's Moses. Uh, you, you grew up in church, you've been in church anytime, you might know Moses. If you don't know Moses from church, you probably know Moses from the Ten Commandments. Charlton Heston splitting the Red Sea, the deliverer, right? But before he could be the deliverer, he had to be delivered from insecurity. Check this out, Exodus chapter 3. We're going to go on a journey. You ready to go on a journey this morning? Moses is live in 15 or 20 minutes. Here we go, Exodus chapter 3, verse 1. Now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. So in other words, he, he's tending the flock, he's out in the middle of the wilderness, nobody's around him, and he sees this bush that's on fire. And yet, even though it's on fire, it's not being consumed. And he thinks, well, that's weird, that's strange. I'm going to go check that out. So he goes and he checks it out, and when he gets close, look what happens. Verse 4, when the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am, which I would have not said, here I am. I would have said, ah, talking bush. 
Moses is more spiritual than I am. So, so Moses says, here I am. Do not come any closer, God said. Take off your sandals, for the place where you're standing is holy ground. Then he said, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. At this, Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Of course, I, you would have too, and I would have too. I would have probably done a lot more than hide my face, you know. But anyway, the Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. At this time, the whole group of uh, Israelites, Hebrews, Jews, they were all enslaved in Egypt under Pharaoh. And God says, I've seen their misery. I've heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I'm concerned about their suffering. So I have come down. I'm so thankful that God is the God who comes down. It's just a side note. Like, this is not anything, but, but I'm so thankful that God doesn't just watch us from afar and be like, well, they need to kind of get it together and get right. No, no, no. God takes the first move, and he says, I see their struggling. I see their struggle. I see their suffering. So I'm going to go to them. It says, I've come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land into a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites. And now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, and I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people Israelites out of Egypt. So let me kind of recap all that. Here, here's what's going on. God is speaking to Moses out of a burning bush, something very ordinary, but God's doing the extraordinary through it, which should encourage you because if you ever look at your life and you think my life looks really ordinary, then be encouraged because God takes ordinary things and he does extraordinary things through them. So he, he's, he's speaking through this burning bush to a man who wasn't expecting it, who's just tending the flock in the middle of the wilderness, and he calls him by name and he says, I have chosen you for this cause. I have chosen you, Moses, to do this great thing. And then look what Moses says, verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh? And bring the Israelites out of Egypt. See, we have this two-way conversation happening on, on, on the surface. You got, you got God, you know, I am the God, I am God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I've heard, I'm calling, I'm going, I'm sending you, Moses. And Moses, we have his part. It's like, God, who am I? What are you talking about? God, I, I can't, I, I'm not good enough to do this. But I want to suggest to you that. The voice we do not hear in the conversation, the third character that's speaking during this whole time, is the spider of insecurity. Whispering in, in Moses' life, Moses, you're not good enough. Moses, you're not strong enough. Moses, you're, you, can't, you can't do that. God's saying, listen, I am God. I'm going to send you. And Moses says, man, that is great, God. But who am I? Can you hear the insecurity in Moses' voice? Can you hear the, 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 the feeling that the spider is weaving and, and spinning a web around Moses? Moses is like, this is great, God. This is so awesome. But I can't believe that you're speaking to me through a burning bush that is not, like, actually on fire. The boys are going to go crazy when I get back and tell them what happened. This is so, I appreciate you so much, God, but seriously, like, who, who am I? In other words, Moses looks at God in the, in the bush and he says, God, I'm not blank enough. I'm never blank enough, God. And, and, I, and I think there are three things that we can kind of see in Moses' life. Three, three voices of the spider of insecurity uh, spinning this web and, and keeping Moses away from God. 
what God is calling him to do. And look, this is the first one. Here's what I hear, hear happening in Moses' mind. He's looking at God and he's saying, God, I'm so wasted. Now, not like Cheech and Chong wasted, okay? If you're over 35, you don't get that joke. That's cool. Um, not, like, not like Moses is some kind of like drugged out hippie. No, 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 no. I, I'm, I'm so wasted. God, I've already wasted my chance. I'm, I've already wasted my potential. I've already wasted my opportunity. Let me give you some background on Moses because it's really important to know the history of the person to understand what the spider is doing because the spider will use your history to spin a web of insecurity to keep you from your destiny. And so when we look at Moses' history, years before we see this happen in Exodus chapter 2, verse 11, one day after Moses had grown up. Now, for those of you who don't know Moses' story, Moses was a Hebrew boy. He was born at a time when Egypt, the, the, the Pharaoh, was killing all young Hebrew boys. So his mama put him in a basket, sent him down the river. He got rescued by an Egyptian girl, one of the daughters of Pharaoh. He grows up in the Egyptian family, but unlike the prince of Egypt, he actually knows that he's Hebrew. But still, he grows up, because check this out, he went out to where his own people were, so he knew that he was a Hebrew, okay, and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, again, one of his own people, looking this way and that and seeing no one, he killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. Nobody's going to find out about this. Nobody's going to know. I'll take, I, I've got the opportunity to take care of this problem, so I'm going to take care of it. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews fighting. He asked the one in the wrong. He said, why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? I ask that all the time at my house. Hey, guys, why are you hitting each other? Right? Anyway, the man said, who made you ruler and judge over us? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian where he sat down by a well. And years later, God starts speaking to him. God starts talking to him. But Moses, I, I want to do some amazing things through your life. Moses, you can't believe what I'm going to accomplish through you. And yet the spider all the while is reminding him, Moses, Moses, you messed up so much. Moses, you're so jacked up. Moses, I am, I am wrong. I am, I am wasted potential. God, I'm the wrong guy. You can't, you, who am I? God, that you would use me. Who, look at me out here. I'm in the desert hiding, God, because I'm so fearful of Pharaoh. Who am I? God, I am wasted. You're wasting your time on me, God. And you know what would be, what would be good is if, it was, if the spider would only make me think I'm wasted because of what I did. But I don't know if you can relate to this because so many times it's not what I did that makes me think I'm wasted. It's what I'm doing right now. It's the junk that I haven't changed. It's the, it's the mess that I'm still caught in. And so the spider looks at me and he says, I know what you did. I know who you are. You are nothing but a big fraud. You're so wasted. I'm so wasted. God, you're wasting your time trying to do something through me. God, I'm, 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 I'm such, I waste every opportunity I get because I take, it, I take the matters in my own hands, God, and I make a mess of it. Moses, the spider, is just kind of spinning this, this web. And then, and then we hear this, and this is the second thing I think that we see in Moses' life. Not only am I so wasted, but he says, I'm so wanting. I'm so wanting. God, I... I 
I lack so many things that it, I, this is awesome, God. I think what you're going to do is incredible, but God, I do not have the skill set required to accomplish the mission that you're putting in front of me. Let me, let me catch you up a little bit. We're going to jump to Exodus chapter 4, but before we get there, um, Moses asked God, he says, God, God, okay, that's, that's cool. Like, what if happens if I go to them and they don't believe that you and I actually had this conversation because they cannot see the burning bush. Can I take this bush with me and just let it burn? As I talk to the, the Hebrews back in Egypt, God's like, that's dumb, Moses, don't do that. And so God says, all right, Moses, here's how you're going to prove that you and I have actually had this conversation. You see the staff in your hand, and it's just a wooden stick. And he's like, yeah, and he says, throw it on the ground. Throws it on the ground, and the staff becomes a snake. And Moses is like, whoa. God says, pick it up. And he picks it up, and it just becomes a staff again. God says, now, if they don't believe you, when you tell them, just throw that staff on the ground. It'll become a snake. Pick it up, and they'll, they'll believe you. And he says, now, if that doesn't work, Moses, try this. Uh, take your hand and stick it in your jacket. And Moses sticks his hand in his jacket. He says, pull it out. He pulls it out, and it's got this skin disease. It's leprosy. Basically, his hand starts rotting off in front of him, and he's kind of like, ah. And God says, okay, stick it back in your jacket. He sticks it in his jacket. He pulls it back out, and it's whole. It's, it's, it's healed. It's fine. And God says, now, if they don't believe you throwing the staff on the ground and the snake, then, then stick your hand in and pull it out, and they'll, they'll, they'll believe you. And if that doesn't work, now, you're in the wilderness, so I can't do a real example of this, Moses, but if that doesn't work, grab some water, pour it on the ground, and it'll turn blood, and they'll believe you after that. So God gives Moses three signs, three miracles to do in front of people to prove that God is the one who is speaking to him, and Moses is still hesitant. Look what he says in verse 10. He says, pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you've spoken to your servant in the last five minutes, God, you have not changed my ability to talk. I am slow of speech and tongue. In other words, God, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not really good with words. God, you're asking me to go make this pronouncement to, to the Hebrews and to Pharaoh, and God, I'm wanting in the area of, of the gift of speech. God, I'm I'm. I'm one, I lack the skills. God, isn't there somebody more qualified? God, I'm, I'm, I'm so wanting. And the Lord responds to it. And he looks at him and he says, Moses, who gave human beings their mouths? Who makes them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, I will help you speak and teach you what to say. In other words, God looks at Moses and says, Moses, I will be your speech teacher. I will be your speech instructor. I had a speech instructor in community college. His name was Tex Woods. He had a lisp. It was the weirdest thing in the world. You sit down the first day of class, and you're in speech class, and your teacher gets up, and he says, My name is Tex Woods, and I'm going to teach you how to speak. All right. But God didn't stutter when he told Moses. Moses, who made your mouth? Moses, who, who made your mouth? Because, see, when you doubt the product, you question the manufacturer. God, who, or M Moses, who made, your, who made your mouth? You see, we think that insecurity is closely tied to humility. Like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just humble. No, 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 you're, you're insecure. The spider of insecurity is spinning a web around your life because insecurity is an insult to God. Because if you second-guess your own ability, you quest, 
question God's craftsmanship. And if you, if, 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 you, if you are so consumed with I'm so wanting, what do you think about God's ability? So, so the antidote to your insecurity is not to just convince yourself. It's actually to get back to the source and answer the question, who made your mouth, Moses? Who's the manufacturer of your tongue, Moses? And I've just come to a place in my life where it's like if God needed me to have it, he would have given it to me. And because I don't have it, because he left it out, it must not be necessary to accomplish his purpose in my life. Because if, if God has created me, then, then his strength is made perfect in my weakness. So I've just got to trust his strength. I'm not wanting. God doesn't. Who, 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 who created your mouth, Moses? You want to talk to me about not being able to speak? Who gave you the ability to speak? But the spider's not done. The spider's got one more thing to say. Check this out. Uh, verse, verse 13. Moses looks at God and he says, pardon your servant, Lord. Please just send somebody else. Please, Lord, just send someone else. Lord, I, I, you, didn't, you didn't buy it when I told you I was wasted material. I was wasted potential, God. You didn't take that. And Lord, I told you that I'm wanting. I don't have the skills necessary to do what you've called me to do. And so, God, I, you, you, didn't, you didn't believe me when I said that. So, God, would you please just send somebody else? Because the reality is, God, I am so worthless. God, can you just send somebody else? I don't. I, and, and we're watching this man struggle and wrestle with insecurity. And he comes to the end of himself and he says, I still fall short. In other words, he says, I, I've, I've heard everything you said, God, but I'm never blank enough. And God gets mad at him. Matter of fact, in the next few verses, it says God's anger burned against Moses. And he says, fine, I'll use Aaron, but take the staff and do the tricks I showed you, right? And so there's so much in Moses' story that just resonates with me. Because nowhere in Moses' story does he doubt God. We don't see him question God. It's like, God, I know you can do this. I just don't think you can do that through me. Because I'm wasted. I've wasted my potential. I'm wanting in skills. God, I'm just worthless. So what do you do? <laughs> when you're battling the spider of insecurity and the webs of insecurity have wrapped itself around your life, how do you kill the spider? Check this out. We skipped the section where God is talking, and I think the answer is found there. Verse 13, Moses says to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me, and they ask me, What is his name? What do I tell them? Verse 14, God says to Moses, I am who I am. And I kind of feel like Moses is on one side of the bush, and he's like, Um... God, we kind of broke up there. I lost the second part. I am, I am who? I am who I am. Let me go on the other side. The reception's better over here. What, God? I, I am what? I am who, God? I am who I am. Why would God give Moses such a vague answer to a question that he needed answered very specifically? And I think the answer is found in, in the focus of the statement. You see, when God says, I am who I am, he, scholars say he is emphasizing his present tenseness in that moment with Moses. So check this out. God is, God, God's not, like God's saying, Moses, Moses, I'm not just the God who was. 
I'm not just the God who created. I'm not just the God who started it all. And Moses, I'm not just the God of what will be in the future when you clean yourself up and you get your act together. Moses, I need you to know something. If you're going to do this mission, I am the God of right now. Not when you get it together, Moses. Not when you grow up a little bit. Not when you clean up the mess. Not when you resolve the sin. Moses, I'm not just the, 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 the God of your grandmother and your mother. I'm not just the God of the old stories. I am the God right now. And I think the cure to your insecurity is when God says you, I am the God of 2017. I will show up in your life right now. I will be to you whatever you're not. Because I am who I am. God, I'm not good enough. Oh, I am. see that. God, God, I'm not, I'm not skilled enough. Excuse me. <clears throat> I am. God, I can't do what you, you've called me to do. God, I'm not confident in that. <clears throat> um, I am. What's the, what's the solution? What's the cure? How do you kill the spider of insecurity? When you get the focus off of who you are and you put the focus on the one who is, I am. God, 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 I, I, I hear you, God, but, but I'm just not sure. And God's saying, listen, whatever you're not, whatever's in the blank in your life, I'm never blanking. Whatever that blank is, whatever you need, whatever you didn't get from your parents, whatever you are not getting from other people, let me be that to you because I am who I am. My Lord, I'm telling you, like, I'm preaching my guts out here. And people are like, are quiet. I may not like myself in this moment, but I am loved. I may not, I, I may not be, I may not be getting, uh, gaining much ground in this battle, but I am more than a conqueror. I'm, 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 I don't, I don't have a lot of confidence right now, but I am strong and courageous. I'm, I'm, I, I don't know how I'm going to fix this, but I am healed. How do I know I am? How, 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 do I, how do I know that I'm forgiven? How do I know that I'm free? How do I know that I'm changed, that I'm capable, that I'm accepted, that I'm powerful, that I'm strong? Because I know I am. I, I, what makes you think you, because I know I am. No, 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 it's not humanism. It's not, I know I am. I know I'm strong. No, 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 it's, it's I, I, I know I am. I know the one who is everything I'm not. I know the one who fills in every blank in my life. I know the one who, who, who looks into my insecurity and says, whatever you're not, I'm not disciplined enough. I know I am. I'll be your discipline. I'll be your confidence. I'll be your strength. I'll be your love. I'll be your passion. I'll be your joy. I'll be your healing. I'll be your savior. I'll be your redeemer. I'll be your rescuer. Everything that you're not, God says, I am. God says, I am. So what is it that you're struggling with? Would you dare to let God be that for you this morning? What is it that's got you insecure? What is it that's got you questioning what God can accomplish in your life? What is it that's got, that, that, that's wrapping, what is the spider that's wrapping the insecurity around your life and keeping you from the destiny that he's called you to do? What is that blank? Would you take your focus off of who you are? And would you put it on the one who says, I am? Let me pray for you this morning.
Thank you so much for joining us today. We always appreciate hearing how God is moving in your life. We all have a story to tell, and we'd love to hear yours. Please visit verticalchurch.tv and click on the little pencil icon called Amen Corner to tell us your story. Also, if you'd like to support the ministry of Vertical Church financially, you can do so by clicking the giving link at verticalchurch.tv. Thank you again for taking the time to join us as we point those far from God to life in Jesus.